Because there are a lot of new people today, he's just going to do uh, a brief introduction again to the way he teaches meditation. He says before we even start meditation, it's good if we know what know some right information about the important things that affect our meditation. The first thing is to know that meditation is really the work of the mind. And it is a work of learning how to improve the quality of our mind. So because we use this mind to work at itself, he says he's going to talk a lot about the mind. In meditation, he says there are the objects that we observe and the mind with which we observe the objects. And he says, and between these two, the mind itself is actually more important. You can try the simple exercise. We put our hands together. Do you know that your hands are touching? Yes? And why do you know your hands are touching? <laughs> what is the mind doing? So he says, the object might be there. He says, but if your mind is not here, you're lost in thought. You won't know what's happening here. But if you pay attention, you'll know what's happening. So this is just a demonstration to show that there can be an object, but between the object and the mind, the presence of the mind is more important. He says, so do all of us know that we have a mind? Yes? Yes. But although we know we have a mind, we're actually not very clear about what the mind is. If he asks you, what mind do you know? How would you answer him? So the demonstration he gave just now is because he wants to he wanted to show you how the mind works when it's here or not here. He says, so some of us can actually, maybe all of us here, can actually know that the mind is paying attention. You can now touch something and see whether you can notice that the mind is paying attention. If you can see that the mind is doing this work of paying attention, you can even start meditating by being aware of that that mind that's paying attention. But sometimes some people are not able to notice that mind that is paying attention. Then we just start by paying attention to the object itself that the mind is paying attention to. He says there are many different kinds of people and some people just find it much easier to notice the mind. And for these people, he, can, he said they can start meditating by looking at the mind, watching the mind. Some people find it more difficult. He says then these people can start meditation by paying attention to objects in the beginning. He says, but this, impo this information is very important because, um, he says, when we've been meditating for some time, even if we start with the object, he says when we've been practicing for some time and we have this information, at some point you need to know that you will get to this point where you can notice the mind too. He said, um, at some point you have to shift towards the mind. If you just stay at watching the objects only and never seeing what's happening in the mind, he says, progress in meditation actually can't go very far. So now he's saying, you can notice the mind paying attention. But does paying attention alone mean that you're meditating? He says, not yet. 
just paying attention alone, not yet. He says in the back of that mind that's paying attention, he says the mind has to have the right ideas, the right point of view, the right attitude, the right uh, thoughts and, and information about meditation. So he says what becomes more important is not just to meditate, but to know how the mind is doing its meditation. With what attitude is the mind meditating? If the attitude is wrong, then everything becomes wrong. He says, remember, it's not you that is meditating. It's those ideas and attitudes and beliefs that are doing the meditation. And so if those ideas, attitudes and beliefs are wrong, then wrong meditation is going to happen. So we need to recognize what wrong meditation is to get to right meditation. So you have lots of expectation of the practice. Is that right practice? You get a headache. (laughs) You're very dissatisfied with what you're experiencing. Is that right practice? You don't know what to do. So very basically, if there's greed, aversion, delusion, then you can say the practice is wrong practice. He says, when we practice meditation, does it give us peace and happiness or do we suffer? He says, so if we practice in the wrong way, um, it brings suffering and we become miserable because we're doing the wrong practice. When we do right practice, he says, it not only brings a feeling of well-being to the mind and the body, you also develop more wisdom. So, his, the main thrust of what he's always trying to present to people is that when we practice meditation, we need to have the right attitude towards meditation uh, by having the right understanding and the right information about what meditation is. He says, very often, yogis have difficulty in meditation. They become miserable while meditating and so on because they don't recognize the expectation that is operating. They don't recognize the, the dissatisfaction from which they're operating. They don't recognize that they don't know what to do, but they're just kind of thrashing about trying to do something. So we need this information so that when we're trying to meditate, we can check and see what is happening and know what to do. So he'll try and tell you now as much as he can what he remembers in this moment about what he feels is important for meditation. That's what he said. So he'll tell you about the five faculties. Um, These are five qualities of mind that the mind actually uses to meditate with. We need to know the definition, the meaning of these five words that we hear in order to know how to meditate. These five words are awareness, uh, they're qualities in the mind actually, awareness, um, effort, samadhi, which is often translated as concentration, but he'll redefine it for you. Um, faith or confidence and wisdom. So meditation is the using of these five qualities of mind and uh, yeah, using them, and that will be that. That is meditation. These are good qualities of mind. And cultivating these qualities of mind by using them is what meditation is. So he says, you know, it's really not about the objects that we observe. You can use any objects. 
as a stepping stone to using these qualities. So the definition of that word awareness, this quality of the mind called awareness, is actually, it's the quality of not forgetting. So awareness or mindfulness is not talking about focusing on something. It's a quality of not forgetting. It's not forgetting the right object. And the right object is everything that's happening in this mind and this body. So if you want a simple way to remember it, it means don't forget to watch yourself. He says, do we need to use a lot of energy to not forget? So he'll really try to explain to you why it's not necessary to use a lot of energy to meditate. And because we don't need to use a lot of energy in order to meditate effectively, that's why he's saying, uh, don't use so much energy. Says, Do you know why we use a lot of energy usually? When we want something, we use a lot of energy. When we don't like something, we use a lot of energy. When we don't know what to do, we use a lot of energy. He says, so, he says, so that's why he says you don't need a lot of energy. If you, you, if you are even thinking about yourself at those times, there is awareness. Awareness is present. And in fact, he says, everybody already has awareness. It's not that we don't have awareness to begin with. What we're doing is cultivating this quality that already exists in the mind to make it better and better. You have it. It's not that we don't have it. So if you think about yourself or ask yourself a question like, what am I feeling? What's happening now in the mind? Awareness is already present. What am I doing? He said the moment you think that question, awareness is already present. He uses his body language, this, this, his... Um, he uses some body language to explain to teenagers um, the concept of awareness. And he does this, he says. He says, usually our minds are like this, and when you do awareness, you do this. So there's not need to use a lot of energy. If you're thinking about yourself all the time, awareness is here. So no need to use energy, yeah? Number one. Second quality is called samadhi. And if we want to use the word concentration as a translation, he says, he has this question for you. When you try to concentrate on something, does it mean that you always develop concentration just because you're concentrating on something? Lots of people just get headaches. So the meaning of samadhi is really, a, it's the quality of mind that is relaxed, peaceful, steady, stable. And that's having samadhi. If you have that, that quality in the mind, that sort of quality in the mind, that's enough. Samadhi, he says, you don't have to be focusing or concentrating to have samadhi. Um, you might have heard of two different kinds of meditation, samatha and vipassana. There's concentration meditation and insight meditation. And for those concentration meditations, maybe there is a requirement to focus and pay attention to one thing. But he says for vipassana meditation, that sort of samadhi is not necessary. A momentary samadhi, a momentary attention is all that's needed. He says in the kind of concentration that we develop from concentration meditations, we focus or you know concentrate on one thing and develop concentration. That's one kind of concentration, he says. But... The word samadhi in insight meditation only means um, the kind of stability the mind has because the mind understands something. Either it has the right 
understanding about something because of right information and right knowledge, so it can think in a rational and logical way, or the other kind, uh, or because the mind has understood something for itself and therefore is okay with this, then the mind is not reacting to what is happening. There is no greed or aversion developing towards the situation, and therefore the mind is stable. And from that sort of stability of mind, he says, more wisdom can arise, insight can arise. And he says, real samadhi, samadhi really comes only because of right attitude. Right attitude is um, right thinking, which is uh, based in wisdom. He says, just because we focus and force ourselves hard to look at something doesn't mean samadhi is going to come. Only right understanding and right attitude bring samadhi, stability. The other reason for samadhi to develop is continuity of awareness. That develops samadhi too. And the third quality is right effort. And right effort is not about efforting, like using uh, energetic energy of the body. He says it's really a quality of mind and it's the sense of, it's a sense of, um, patience and perseverance and that's right effort and vipassana is a long-term long-term practice it's not a short-term practice and since you're going to do this um, consistently on a daily basis and trying to keep it consistently going all day long and for a very long time he says you can't use too much energy you need to use only as much as you can but keep putting it in forever and understanding that this work is actually beneficial for you, you do it relentlessly. If you use a lot of energy, you can't keep it up for too long. The fourth quality is faith or confidence, and he's really talking about faith or confidence in yourself and the work that you're doing. What is the benefit of doing this work? If you recognize the benefits of the work for yourself, he says, then your confidence in the work will grow. He says, so... Progress in meditation is measured by whether these qualities are growing in the mind. If these qualities are getting stronger in the mind, the meditation is working well for you. The last quality is wisdom or understanding. And in talking about wisdom, he is not talking about the, the insights that are associated with uh, vipassana practice, high in, higher insights. He's talking about the very common wisdoms of understanding how to practice in an effective way in a wise way. Do we know what is right practice, how to do right practice, and are we skillful at it? These are wisdoms. If we don't have the wisdom of how to do something in the right, effective, wise ways, he says, then the results of that right practice, which is insight, is not going to come. He says, which, what practice is meditation? The body or the mind? So we use this mind to meditate, but we don't know, we don't recognize how much energy the mind is using to try to meditate. We don't recognize the beliefs from which the mind is meditating. We don't recognize the attitudes that are present while we're trying to meditate. We don't recognize what the mind is thinking, which is affecting the attitudes and beliefs that we're, you know, while we're practicing. He says, how can we become skillful at the practice if we don't recognize these things? We just have good meditation, bad meditation, and we just finish with that. He says, if we understand the practice, we are skillful at the practice, we know, what right, we know what right practice is, then he says practice is always good. Last three important points. Number one is um, continuity of awareness is very important. He says because 
we're not required to use a lot of energy, but what we want to do as much as possible, the only a sufficient amount of energy to keep it going for a long time, forever, all the time, consistently, and build up a natural momentum from doing it consistently. So what you want to grow is the... Um, the quality of Dhamma, which means the quality of nature. Nature grows its quality. Na- the nature of the mind that is aware becomes stronger. It's naturally aware more and more. Not the kind of, you know, awareness that we are doing personally. That's my meditation, but an energy that is um, natural. He says, for most yogis, they try to use a lot of energy in a short period of time and get the most results from it. But he says the main key to the success of Vipassana meditation is to do it all the time. Because Vipassana is a learning process. The more you work at it, the more you research and examine and investigate, he says, the more your wisdom grows. He says it's only when you're very familiar with, close to, and in contact with a subject all the time that you understand it more and more deeply. So if he asks you, when is time for meditation? What would you say? All the time. And when is now? <laughs> now is all time. Now and after now? It's still now. And now. And, now. and con. And it's only when the awareness actually becomes more continuous, he says, that we begin to be able to see whole processes unfold. And when we see whole processes unfold, more understanding arises. He says, so the posture is really not important for meditation. It's not the main thing that makes it meditation. It's really these qualities of mind that need to be working to make it meditation. So the mind needs to be awake, aware, alert. You can practice in any posi- in any posture you like. He said, choose a posture that works for you. There was a yogi who came to the center, and she was always complaining of so much pain in her sitting meditation. She's always pain, so much pain. And so finally he asked her, he said, um, what work do you do? And she was a nurse. She did a lot of standing in the hospital. Having to sit for such a long time was not suitable for her body. She just wasn't used to it. So he told her to do standing meditation. She, she, yeah, it was great after that. So the posture is not important. What's important is for awareness to be there, for samadhi to be established, for wisdom to be there. He said, is it important to sit or to have awareness and wisdom? He says, so whether you sit or walk or eat or go or come, he says, it's important to have awareness and wisdom in every moment. That's called practicing satipatthana. That's called mindfulness meditation. (laughs) He says, so the second important point is that you don't need to use a lot of energy when you meditate. You don't need to focus very much. He does not like to use these English words to refer to meditation practice. They're focus, penetrate, and concentrate. Um, The words he prefers to use are words like observe, recognize, notice, watch, uh, be with it, things like that. because the energy is just so different. He says you you need to be watching all day long. He says you can't be concentrating all day long. That's why he defined it as don't forget to watch yourself. He says if we just don't forget, that's good enough. He says and, and please persevere over a long term. 
He said, that mind becomes really strong. When you don't put in any energy, but an energy, a momentum develops, and without your putting in effort, there's a strong energy, that's what you call really strong energy. Yeah, he refers to it as a snowball reaction. He means like a snowball running down the hill. Yeah. He says, would you all just become conscious of yourself right now? Isn't there so many things that you can notice in the body? Touching sensations, temperature, sound, many, many sense objects. And how much energy do we need to notice these? Is it difficult? Tiring? Can you be like this all day long? Just don't forget. That's good enough. There is one thing he likes to tell yogis, though. He says, you know, don't practice in any way that's going to make you tired or miserable. Relax. Practice in comfort and in ease and at ease. But he says, don't ever stop. And the last thing is right view. And this is really very important. When you practice vipassana meditation, he says, this right view is very, very important. He says, how should we regard these objects that we are observing? When we observe ourselves, there's, most, there's mainly just body sensations, feelings, and mental activities. But are you the only person who experiences these things, these phenomena? Everybody can experience these phenomena. So he says, regard all these phenomena as qualities of nature. They're universal qualities that everybody experiences. And don't identify them with me. Remember, they're just forces of nature at work. When you're angry and you think, I'm so angry, does that make the anger go become less or does it make the anger increase? This is why anger increases is because we have the wrong view of it. Anger is a natural force, is a, a quality, a universal quality, but we identify then with me. He says, so when you're angry, he said, you have to, if you want to meditate with it, first you have to remind yourself and, and really see that the mind understands and, and can regard this as a force of nature or a universal quality. And when the mind can take that, that view towards it, then bring awareness to it, then you can meditate with it. He said, if, if you don't have the right view first and you just try to be aware of it, he says, your mind will get sucked into it, it will participate in it, and it will suffer more. For example, he says, when it's hot, instead of seeing that heat, instead of regarding heat as a natural quality, he says, what people do is my hand is hot or my body is hot. He says, but when the heat disappears, does the hand go with it? Does the body disappear? So would it be right to say the hand is hot? <laughs> <laughs> so hotness is heat is a, a quality of nature a universal quality so that's what he means by right view if it's wrong view we're completely identified with the experience so when there's wrong view he says the mind will um, will get involved in it it will participate it will believe in it and it will suffer from it that's why it's only when there's right view present and awareness with it that you can call it right awareness. He says the whole definition, the very definition of the word vipassana is special view, extraordinary view. He says, and our ordinary view, our whole lives, we just have this ordinary view. He says, now when practicing vipassana, you're going to try and 
uh, remember to see it from a different view, and the different view is to see it as nature. Our ordinary view is to see it as me. So these are basically his basic instructions, and it's regardless of whether you sit, walk, talk, or whatever.